0: either one of these any good wow
1: this is a good movie it's pretty good well the director from yesterday doesn't think so it stinks you sorry you waste all our film it's so bad Another somewhat quiet week for new movies, but we've got some, some good ones too, in theaters and on streaming, and we'll talk about them. Glad you're here. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are from madwolf.com. Apologize in advance if I'm sounding a little froggy. The sinuses are in full revolt right now, they which I'm, are. I'm not sorry. happy about that, but we will soldier on. <laughs> we will start off on Disney Plus. A puppet is brought to life by a fairy. Who assigns him to lead a virtuous life in order to become a real boy? It's the latest version of Pinocchio.
0: Pinocchio okay, should have been home by now. Pinocchio.
2: You won't be a puppet anymore. That's for sure. selfish you will always be my real boy
1: i say the latest version because it's this story is popular again all of a sudden there was just one with what roberto Benini right. last year a couple or years year ago yeah. yeah but somewhat mm-hmm. recently and there's another new one coming Yes, with uh, from Guillermo, Guillermo del, del Toro. Toro. So which, that's the
0: one I've been most excited. Right.
1: about. Right. Well, this is back to the basics. You know, the Disney reimagining with their mix of live action and animation, and they keep it as a musical for the story of Pinocchio. And it's Robert Zemeckis. So when you when you hear that name, you're you're not surprised at all to hear that Tom Hanks is playing Geppetto. Right. Right. No. That just seems natural. Mm-hmm. But seeing this movie, and it is if I didn't mention, it is on Disney Plus, not in theaters. This is Disney Plus. Part of the big rollout for this past Thursday was Disney Plus Day, so that was their big uh, their big debut for the week. But seeing this movie made me think of, and I wish I could give proper credit to who first did this, but there was a tweet from somebody a few weeks ago that said... Disney should stop with these live-action remakes now that they own the rights to the Muppets and just do them with the Muppets, you know, like the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes, which was perfect. In in all seriousness. Yeah, because that's
0: the best Christmas Carol ever, the Muppets. And
1: when you see this movie, it made me think, you know what? Maybe you should do it with the Muppets because it's not that this is a terrible movie. It's not. But it's really hard to get around the fact that they're, to make you think that they're just doing it because they could. And what, what are you bringing... New. What's a new vision? At least if you're going to do the Muppets, you know, well, it's with the Muppets. That's a whole new thing. Uh, but this this is not. It just seems so by the numbers and calculated. It seems so calculated. Um, of course, Tom Hanks is how you expect him to be. He'd be a perfect Geppetto. He's a GD National Treasure. We've <laughs> talked about this. He's worked with Robert Zemeckis, who has uh, you know, plenty of experience doing this mix of animation and live action before. It sticks pretty much to the same story, which is all about magic. But there's not really any magic in this movie. You're you're waiting, and it never really comes. Now, the voice of Pinocchio is by a young uh, actor who does a fine job. Uh, Benjamin Evan Ainsworth is the voice of Pinocchio. Uh, Jiminy Cricket is voiced by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who I usually like. Uh, It's just here, the voice he found in trying to go for that Jiminy Cricket phrasing. Mm -hmm. To me, I was reminded of Mr. Hankey from South Park. Now, maybe if you don't watch South Park, you're not going to think of the Christmas poo. But um, (laughs) I did. But again, that's not terrible. But there are just things about the movie that the changes they make, they add a couple new characters. One of them, a seagull voiced by Lorraine Bracco. Haven't heard from her in a while. And this this character just seems to be there just to explain character motivations that or over explain them that we is always or really is never welcome
0: right especially uh, is it necessary I mean we you know if you look at the original yeah. did, did people go I don't know why he just did that yeah. I don't I it, don't see it the was point weird there to me.
1: then there is another one a, a young puppeteer who is in the uh, Stromboli show a mm-hmm. uh, named Sabina who uh, strikes up a friendship with. Pinocchio and they share there's something about her, I don't want to give it away, there's something about her that caused them to have a kinship. Which I get what they were doing. She's played by Jaquita Talet, hope I pronounced that right. Well intentioned but forced. And then they add some new songs, a couple new songs which only seem to go to to, to try to make it more poppy. Mm-hmm. And then talk about songs. Yeah, this is the worst part. They get Cynthia Rivo to play the Blue Fairy and sing, of course, When You Wish Upon a Star. Now, for me, by now with Disney, that is not just a song. That has become the bedrock of their entire mission. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. What they're selling, mm-hmm. dreams, and fantasy. I can't believe they give that song such short shrift in this right. movie. Especially
0: with a voice as She's beautiful, a beautiful as Cynthia Rivas.
1: You know, and I get it, it's early in the movie. But, man, I, I I wanted more from it. It reminded right. me of when we were sitting through that awful Cats. Right. Like, and we kept well, thinking, at, least, right, at, at least, least Jennifer
0: Hudson is going to do right. the song. She, and then they just do this really short, unemotional, yeah. I'm like, that, please tell me she's going to sing right. it again
1: later. They just cut it off at the yeah. knees. Yeah. Now, this is not nearly as bad of a movie as Cats was. But still, it's a moment that I was waiting for. Let me have it, man. Right. Give me the full orchestration. Right. Boom. Give me that goosebump moment with this song. No. Yeah. It just it just seemed to cut it. Um, So there's just a lot of disappointing things about this movie. And then, uh, speaking of forced, they really try, seem to try to give it this wink-wink modern sensibilities that, for me, fell flat. I don't know if they were just trying to give a ha-ha to the the parents watching, where they do things like when um, the Fox, Honest John, who's voiced by Keegan-Michael Key, is making his pitch to Pinocchio. No, you want to be on the stage. You want to be famous. He does that through... Dropping words like influencers and then dropping a name like Chris Pine just out of nowhere. Like, well, especially since what? the film
0: is clearly not set yeah, in present it just, day. just yeah.
1: think it's just very trying too hard yeah. to hip this up, and you don't have to. No, you don't. You don't. You don't have to with us such a, a classic story. So all in all, I thought it was a really disappointing effort. Again, not horrible. And if you have Disney Plus, the kids want to watch it. Of course, put it on there. It's just kind of eh. Oh, and I didn't mention Luke Evans plays the coachman. And he's pretty good, a devilish rogue who takes the kids to Pleasure Island. And that is pretty effective, but it, it just kind of hints at the some of the darker themes of the fairy tale. I would like to have maybe explore those a little bit more, but I think, eh, is a disappointment. Right. And it just, I hate to say it does, it just makes you think, you know, I'd like to see this with the Muppets. I really would. I mean, you know the one would be Beauty and the Beast where all of the
0: Muppets, so only the only one who isn't would be Beast, uh-huh. and in the end, he turns magically into a Muppet. Oh, you got, you got so. So you have to, like, Ryan Gosling can we get lawyer or somebody on the hot. Phone?
1: Can we get our <laughs> lawyer and copyright this? This is gold, Jerry. <laughs> this is gold. But uh, So, yeah, it's, it's just kind of there, and it's hard to get away from the fact that they just did it for, because they could. Yeah. And you had Tom Hanks, and um, you want to see him as Geppetto? It just all seemed to be... It's just hard to get away from the fact that they did it because they could and didn't really bring the magic. And it's a disappointment. And that is on Disney Plus now, the latest version of Pinocchio. But hang on, there's another one coming soon. (laughs) Oh, this next one will be fun to talk about. A horror thriller. A woman staying at an Airbnb discovers that the house she has rented is not what it seems. This is called Barbarian.
2: Keith... (laughs) Process
1: might seem overwhelming, but with a little practice, it can soon become a pleasurable experience. This is perfectly natural. Oh, what fun! What fun we had with this because when you see as many movies as we do, especially as many horror movies as we do, and something takes you down a completely different road. Not not what you th- even what you thought going into the movie. No. What you thought half an hour into the movie. Yep. And then, boom, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a lot of fun. And this is from writer-director Zach Kreger. And he's from The Whitest Kids You Know, which I don't really have a lot of experience with, but um, a lot I know it has a lot of fans. Right. But this is his debut, and this, this is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's very impressive. Um, and if you've seen the trailer... You know, and, and she's looking down a creepy basement, and uh, you know that it's the guy from—it's Pennywise, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's— it's Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. So you're like, you think you know where this is going to go, mm-hmm. and when you see down the basement, you think it's going to go someplace you maybe don't—it's not—turns out it's not quite as grim um, as it could be. right. It's What it is is nuts, just nuts. And, and I and I, I encourage you to, and we're going to give no spoilers. No. I encourage you not to hear anything about this movie. If you're planning to go, just go. Um And, and if you are planning to go, go right away.
1: Yeah, uh, Bill Skarsgård plays Keith, and he's already there in the AB&B when Tess, who's played by Georgina Campbell, mainly a TV veteran, they're both very good. And when she shows up, and they've both rented it, and so uh, she's wary, but they... She he kind of talks her into staying the night, you know, in the room. You take the bed, I'll take the couch, and then we'll sort it out in the morning. And so, yeah, you think you know where this is going. Can we trust him? That that's set up well. Uh, and then it goes somewhere completely different in 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 such a good way. And it's a it's an impressive debut, really all around. The script, it has moments of black humor yeah it has social social commentary Mm -hmm. the camera work is very impressive and the lighting the lighting very impressive Mm -hmm. creepy the creepy camera angles and the lighting to disorient you and i just love the way he's able to mash all these things together now i think a lot of people might be reminded of malignant Mm -hmm. because malignant went batshit and everybody loved that but for us we were one of The few, I guess, that really didn't like Malignant at all because we thought it was so bad leading up to the moments when it got batshit that we were just taken out of it. This is not the case here. Oh, no, you're hooked right away. Yeah, you are hooked. And
0: then, you know, 30 minutes in, it goes a completely different direction. It introduces you to a whole other cast. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, totally different direction, a whole other cast. And it brings them all together pretty seamlessly. It does still wind up being Sort of a very nutty, almost a B-movie, mm-hmm. and it embraces that eventually. I mean, it's not sort of, and, and it's one of those movies where, you know, when you think back on it, you're like, oh, there's some leaps of logic here. Oh, but there are. But that's are. not really, the point is not an airtight plot. The point is, oh, my God, that's the point. And, boy, they they do that well.
1: Yeah, and part of that that shift includes Justin Long. Mm-hmm. He joins the cast as well, and he brings some of the comedy to it. Yep. But uh, yeah, there's going to be those moments, as so many horror movies do, where you think to yourself, "Oh, there's no way I would do that." But that's that's part of the fun.
0: Well, you know, I think when you watch the trailer, you're like, "Do not tell me she's going down that basement." The <laughs> truth is, that scene they set up quite well. Yeah. So that it makes it's you're you're not just like, "Oh, this idiot." I mean, it it makes sense what she's doing at that moment. Um, but it's it's in looking back, there are just some timeline issues, some decisions. You're like, "Well, wait a minute, that doesn't hold water." But the that's not the point of yeah. the movie it's just not
1: yeah and early on there are some fake out jump scares mm-hmm. which i I'm not the most biggest fan of I don't think you are either but once you get the whole movie in there's kind of a reason yeah. for that yeah uh, which I really did appreciate and uh, I and there's
0: think- some voice talent too there's a lot of phone calls and uh, and, yeah. and and I really yeah. thought that they that the the voice talent did a good job of through their their ch- Tone of voice yeah. of telling you more than the dialogue was telling you. I mean, I just thought all the way around. I was very impressed by yeah, it. Yeah,
1: you might be able to pick out a couple of these voices on the phone, but but all in all, it's fun. And yeah, try to avoid avoid spoilers. Uh you can watch the trailer. This is not one where the trailer tells too much. I don't, I don't think at all. Agreed. Uh it's one of those things where you think you have it pegged and you don't. And that's always uh, always a, a welcome surprise. So I think this, you know, bodes well for uh Zach Crager who really not was not familiar with but this uh, I'd like to see what he's got up his sleeve next because it's fun storytelling and as we mentioned fun directing too yep, yep. not as you said not airtight not perfect but awful fun and it gets it gets some bloody too it does yeah and pretty satisfying i think if you're a horror thriller fan and a little bit of comedy mixed in there too and that is new in theaters called barbarian Another horror thriller in theaters, and a good one. This is set in 2003. Three mercenaries extracting a drug lord out of Guinea-Bissau are forced to hide in the mystical region of Salome, Senegal. This is called Salome.
0: This was fun. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it was so, you know, there are a lot of films and filmmakers who try to really blend genres. And a lot of times it's not done particularly well. This one, you start off, it's a war movie. And then inside of five minutes, it is uh, like a gritty crime thriller. And then it is a spaghetti Western. And then it's a supernatural uh, kind of horror thriller. And boy, it it does it so well. It shifts tones so beautifully and visually it's just uh it's just I mean it's really it's fast moving, it's kinetic, it's frenzied, but it's still beautiful and it's anchored by the the performances of these three mercenaries um and they're called the hyenas is the is the the, the three men together called the hyenas. And you've got the, the leader who's always smiling. He's always smiling. And then you've got sort of we got the guy with the Mohawk who's like, yeah, he's a bit of a, a loose cannon. And then you have this elder statesman mystic among the three of them. And they, their, their performances are so rock solid mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter how nutty the film around them gets. You feel like it's anchored to something.
1: And this is a writer, well co-writer and director Jean-Luc Herbelot. And, yeah, impressive because you mentioned mixing those genres. That's not easy. No, You can say it, but it's not easy because it's often attempted and it's often a failure. Um, And so, yes, you also will see... Be reminded of certain other directors that he may be homaging, mm-hmm. but then one of them being Quentin Tarantino, you remember why, well, that's what he does. Right, too. exactly. And he's very open about it, and that's fine.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, because I think people who do that kind of thing well, homage other directors, it's because they're such massive fans of movies. Yeah. And I think that, like Tarantino, what, what this filmmaker does is it, he makes the film infectious in that way. It's impossible not to be a fan of the movie because it is itself made by such a fan of film. And uh, and somebody who clearly understands what makes a movie cinematic and and gripping.
1: Yeah. So maybe it doesn't hold the surprises that Barbarian does, but in terms of a, of a ride, a cinematic ride, and taking you through these different types of movies, man, this is this is really strong. Oh yeah, it's it's my favorite of the week. And you can catch that in theaters. It might be a limited release, uh, so if you can seek it out, please do. It right.
0: will be on Shutter next week. Oh. Yeah, next week. So if, if you're not lucky enough to, but you, it's one yeah, you want to see if if screen, in a big screen. or you area, can,
1: yeah, yeah. But on Shutter next week. So if you if you don't catch it in your area on the big screen, look for it next week on Shutter. And uh, that is a definite uh, definite recommendation. Definite plus for Salome. Well, one of the guys we just talked about from Barbarian is in this next one as well. Justin Long and Kate Bosworth star in this seductive thriller from director Neil Butte. Driving home to her secluded estate after meeting at a local bar, a player out to score thinks his beautiful, mysterious date will be another casual hookup. While getting acquainted, their flirtation turns playful, sexy, and sinister in House of Darkness.
2: You're not married, are you? (laughs) Not at the moment. Not at the moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's that? Is somebody here? Not that I know of.
2: Let's play a game.
1: I don't want to play a game.
2: Let's play.
0: Lucy, hello. I thought this was just the two of us. You still don't understand what's going on, do you? Understand what? Oh, my God. I'm tired. I need to go home. No, you're not. Is that how it ends? Who said anything
1: about ending? This is one of those roles that almost seems tailor-made for Justin Long. He sort of does this thing.
0: Well, he sort of does this thing twice this week, I know, I know. (laughs) He's kind of riffing on what he throughout the the 90s or early 2000s he was just sort of that dorky good guy. You know, and now he's the middle-aged guy who is kind of coasting on that I'm a nice guy charm so that he can get away with doing things that are not very nice. Mm -hmm. And um, this is a Neil de Butte movie, and if you're Familiar with his movies, you'll recognize that right off. It's very dialogue-driven, and the dialogue is very much about sexual politics. Sexual
1: politics, yeah. <laughs> and who heard him? We- <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. Um, I, you know, and it, it looks pretty good. Uh, it's set in this in this estate, and, and you know, Laboué started off as a playwright, and this could easily have been a play. It's it's very much it's staged. It's it's very there's there's not a lot of action. Uh, there's not a lot of movement. Not a lot of physical action, and uh, there's a lot of dialogue. Kate Bosworth really is what makes the movie interesting. It's an interesting character, and her performance is really a little bit like controlled ferocious. Uh You know, it's like she's, she's, it's a fascinating, enigmatic performance. And I think um, in keeping with a lot of the uh, male characters that Labute has written over the years, and that's what the movie winds up feeling like to me, a, a lesser, very genre version of what I think is his best movies in the company of men, although I also very much like your friends and neighbors. But it's tired by now, and the gender switch up feels like a cash grab um, and a little bit insincere, although again, Kate Bosworth really sells it quite well. But on the on the whole, it's as if that he it's as if he's just repackaging his same material just changing the genre and changing the gender. But inside the genre of horror, he picked the most threadbare possible genre to go with, and even inside that, he went as formulaic and obvious as possible. So the movie, basically, what I'm saying, has nothing new to say.
1: So maybe The Muppets. (laughs) (laughs) we would love to see this with The Muppets.
0: I would love to see this with The Muppets.
1: And that is in theaters now called House of Darkness. And one more next. This is out on VOD, Comedy Horror Anthology. A mysterious stranger tells the twisted tale of seemingly unconnected strangers caught in a series of otherworldly events whose lives will change in incredible ways forever. It's called Tiny Cinema. I want to tell you six stories.
0: Six innocent stories.
1: So, Mickey. Tell us about yourself, what do you do?
0: Still don't get it yet, do you? You see here, we don't believe in dreams.
1: We live in nightmares.
0: <laughs> well, that was fun. The most exciting thing about this is that... Schlocketeer Daniel Baldwin has moved beyond just the podcast and onto the website. He wrote this one for Yay.
1: us. Yay! Yeah, and the other exciting thing is this is from the creators of Butt Boy, which actually Matt Weiner reviewed for us and liked very much. Loved it. Yes. Yes, yes and the Schlocketeer didn't think this was as successful as Butt Boy. He thought the the first half of it worked pretty well, but it really started to wobble and went downhill from in in, in the second half. So, uh, kind of a kind of a middle of the road, halfway successful. Anthology, but had a couple of moments that he enjoyed. But by all means, read his first review on MadWolf.com for Daniel Baldwin. That's up there now. And that is on VOD, starting now, called Tidy Cinema. So speaking of Daniel, let's head to the lobby.
2: Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby.
1: Back in the lobby, checking in with Daniel Baldwin, a.k.a. The Schlocketeer, for all the latest studio news and notes. What's going on this week?
2: Well, if you've missed the Idris Elba vs. Lion movie, Beast, it is now on VOD for you to rent online. All right. And then on September 23rd, there's the theatrical and VOD release of an action thriller called The Enforcer, starring Antonio Banderas and Kate Bosworth. Netflix's new thriller, Luckiest Girl Alive, will premiere on October 7th. That stars Mila Kunis, Finn Wittrock, Scoot McNary, Jennifer Beals, and Connie Britton.
1: Finn Wittrock. George yes. doesn't like him. I do. I like his name because he, he should have been on the Flintstones with a name like that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: he really should have. Uh, October 7th also ha- is the um, Paramount Plus premiere of the thriller significant other, starring Micah Monroe and Jake Lacey. Hitting theaters in VOD on October 14th is the British kung fu comedy sequel Accident Man 2, Hitman's Holiday, starring Scott Atkins and Ray Stevenson. And then in theaters on November 4th is Something in the Dirt, the latest from filmmakers, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Definitely looking forward to that.
1: Do you know where you can see it first?
2: Yes, I do.
0: <laughs> Nightmare Nightmares Festival.
2: Film Festival.
1: That's right. Come on out. Coming up the weekend of October 21st, yeah.
2: Also on November 4th there's the limited theatrical release of Alejandro, Alejandro González and Aritu's Bardo, which will then hit Netflix over a month later on December sixteenth. So they've, they've got quite a few movies hitting this fall where they'll hit theaters, sometimes one week before their streaming premiere and sometimes a lot longer like mm-hmm. that one. And then there's The Sun, which is the latest film from uh, father, writer, and director Florian Zeller. That one will arrive in theaters on November 11th. Francis Lawrence's Slumberland, which is a reimagining of Little Nemo, premieres on Netflix on November 18th and stars Marlo Barkley, Jason Momoa, Kyle Chandler, and Chris O'Dowd. And then on December 1st, Netflix is premiering the Norwegian giant monster movie Troll from director Roar Uthog. I hope I didn't butcher that name, but uh-huh. he did Cold, Cold Prey, The Wave, and the most recent Tomb Raider movie.
1: That's a great name.
2: Yeah. Uh, Noah Bombeck's White Noise will arrive in limited theatrical release on November 25th, followed by its Netflix premiere on December 30th. There's yeah, that a was a long gap there.
1: That was filmed just up the road in Cleveland. That's
2: right. Oh, wow. And then, if you care for a Liam Neeson movie that's not a run of the mill action flick, there's a December 7th theatrical release for Neil Jordan's neo noir Marlowe, which stars Liam, Liam Neeson as an aging Philip Marlowe and also has Diane Kruger, Jessica Lane, Danny Huston. Alan Cumming and Danielle Melchior. Hopefully that'll be a step above the movie like The Marksman and Blacklight.
1: Does Philip Marlowe have a special brand of skills? (laughs) I guess we'll find
2: out. (laughs) (laughs) Darren Aronofsky's The Whale will open theatrically on December 9th, and that one's highly critically acclaimed at this point. Very much looking forward to that. Yep. And then the Knives Out sequel, Glass Onion, is premiering on Netflix on December 23rd. It will get a theatrical release before then, but they have not set a date for it yet.
1: Ah, looking forward to that, too.
2: And lastly, I have Scott Cooper's The Pale Blue Eye, which arrives in limited theatrical release on December 23rd, followed by a Netflix debut on January 6th. Now, that one is the other young Edgar Allan Poe helped solve a murder mystery movie, and this one's the one with Christian Bale.
1: So the better one. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Probably, but hey, you never know. <laughs> All,
1: right. All right, you can always catch the latest news from Daniel online. You can find him at The Schlocketeer. Thank you much.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: All right. Well, it seems like we've had a few somewhat quiet weeks here the last few weeks. That ends next week.
0: It absolutely does, and uh, it starts with confess,
1: Fletch. Yeah, John Ham taking over for in the Fletch role, which I thought was inspired casting. I thought that was perfect. So we'll see how it. Flesh is out. Fletch is out next week, huh? Also, ooh, The Woman King.
0: I can't even tell Biola. you how excited. I'm so excited about this movie. I love her. She's one of my all-time heroes, Viola Davis. And I almost cry every time I watch this trailer.
1: And speaking of excited, how about Pearl? That's out next <gasps>
0: Very week. Very excited. Also, See How They Run looks fascinating.
1: And they just keep coming. <gasps> the David Bowie documentary, Moon Age Daydream. Woo-hoo! Cannot wait for that. Also, Clerks 3. God's Country. Already have seen that. That's a good one. We'll be talking about that. The remake, the English-language remake of Goodnight Mommy I'm comes out next week. concerned about that one. We like on the original there. so we do. well.
0: And then another shudder, Speak No Evil.
1: All right. That's a lot. It is a that's lot. That's a lot next week. Not as much this week, but still, some good things to talk about there. If you, if you love Pinocchio, okay, we'll talk about that. Or how about Barbaria? No spoilers, but we'll keep talking about that, too. We always love to keep the conversation going. Easy to find us on Twitter, and that is at Mad Wolf, M A D D W O L F, also the main website where you can find all of our written reviews and our other horror movie only podcast. That's at madwolf.com. And on Facebook and Instagram, it's Mad Wolf Columbus. So a lot of ways to keep in touch. We hope you will. So until next week, be well. Be better than I am with your sinuses. I don't know I don't know if you can hear my cough drop. There there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> she is Hope madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap.